Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Well, how about that for a start to the college football season? BYU completely and totally demolishing the Naval Academy. It was over early. I mean, you know it was over at halftime, but honestly, I think if you're being honest with yourself, and this probably depends on how much you love the Cougars. Uh, but it was over at either 14 nothing or 21 nothing. They just weren't coming back. Uh, Reese Davis was talking about it being over at 14 nothing. He was already starting to look ahead to BYU's schedule, thinking, oh, they're going to go 8-0. And Kirk Herbstreit tried to calm him down. They had a long way to go in this game. They looked great. And sure enough, they get a stop. And they go down and they score. And it's 21 nothing. And, and that was that. That was it. The rest of the game was just... Well, how much are they going to win by? What are the final stats going to look like? Uh, and, and they were gaudy. You know, over 300 yards rushing, over 500 yards of total offense, 31 nothing at the half, 55-3. They could have had more the fourth quarter. Backups were playing. Now, BYU was throwing deep in the third quarter, and the game was over. Like I said, it was over 14 nothing, 21 nothing. You know, I think, uh, and we'll get into this later in the show, but I just think takeaways from this, you got to be careful. Um, I think there are a couple things I can say for sure, but a lot of these things, you know, you don't see a lot of practice. The people we talk to uh, from beat writers to radio play-by-play guy uh, had not seen a lot of practice and didn't know. So everybody went into this with unknowns. And so the overarching question that comes out of this, is BYU this good or is Navy that bad? Was it some kind of freakish one-off, given that it was an opener and Navy hadn't been hitting and all that? I think there's two things to take away from this. I think we knew before the game, and that is that Navy is the best program on BYU's schedule. Are they the best team? We got to see these teams play. You know, um, Army and Houston would seem to be the next best programs and have a chance to be the best team. But let's just see how see how this plays out. A lot of teams have to play a lot of games. But that was a good win because that was the best program they're going to face. I think the second thing on the field that you can take away from this, BYU's offensive line is really good. You know, how good are the running backs? I don't know. We may never really know because they may be behind a dominant offensive line putting up massive numbers all year long. But the O-line is that good. Uh, We were talking about this yesterday before the show um, that I read a piece uh, that The Athletic did uh, because there are no Power 5 teams playing (coughs) on the opening week in the season. Um... They said, well, here's 10 people, uh, 10 players to watch who are NFL, um, NFL caliber players who will likely be drafted, who the scouts are high on. And as they went through, you know, an offensive lineman here, a defensive lineman there, SMU's quarterback, um, they, they got to like number seven on the list, and it was BYU's offensive line. Said that four of the five guys are being looked at by scouts. Now you got two juniors, you got two seniors, and just because they're being looked at by scouts, I think you can assume that they're all going to end up in camps. How many will actually make rosters, not practice squads? I think, uh, I think when you have four guys in the mix like that, you can count on two, and maybe it'll end up being three or four guys in the NFL. But against a group of five schedule with no power fives, if you have guys who are either practice squad guys, NFL free agents, up to draft picks, guys who are going to play in the league, maybe guys who are going to play in the league five or ten years. Uh, regardless 
regardless of where they fit on that NBA scale in the long run, in the short run against a group of five teams, they should push teams around. Some of these teams may have a really good defensive lineman, but if they have two, three, or four, what happens if that guy's on one side of the D-line and you can run to the other? What happens? Defensive linemen rotate out over the course of the game to keep them uh, fresh. What happens when a, a really good player rotates off the field? I just think BYU is going to routinely have big advantages on the offensive line. And the run game is going to be big, and that means the um, play-action pass game is there. Uh, you know, when your offensive line is that good, the pass protection ought to be there. It just <laughs> – you're in a really good place. You're different from a position of strength, and a lot of stuff is going to work. Now, you know, we can get into how good is Zach Wilson, how much progress will he make over the course of the season, how good is the receiving core without Bushman, um, how do the young tight ends play as, uh, as, as guys like uh, Rex step in there. Um, you know, how, how good are the running backs? Uh, does one emerge? Are they going to alternate? Two? I mean, there's a lot of questions to answer over the course of this, but you're dealing from a position of strength when your offensive line is really good. And I think the line's really good. I don't think all these scouts are wrong. <laughs> you know, they're just, they're not. Uh, all right, so we got more coming up. we got post-game reaction from Navy, their take on the game, what went wrong. And, of course, that tells you a lot about what they think they did wrong and how good BYU is. And we'll hear from the Cougars um, coach, Kalani Sataki, as well as several players as well, all coming up in this hour. Um, as far as the rest of the day in sports and what might have caught your attention, um, there wasn't much to it in the NBA. Um, that was it started with the game in the East with Boston just wrecking Toronto 111 to 89 what happens when every one of your guys is mad every guy is focused you've lost two in a row one of the reasons it's so hard to win three in a row in a playoff series usually that has to do with home court um, but it also has to do with if you lose a couple your guys get focused and they tend to bring their best game they get desperate Boston was up 2-0 suddenly it's 2-2 they don't want to go down 3-2 to Toronto and Kemba Walker was on uh, Tatum and Brown were both on um, you know between them they scored I don't even know what they scored like 65 66 points or something like that uh, Tatum didn't shoot it that well but he got to the free throw line the other guy shot it pretty well so Boston rolls so they're up three games to two and then in the Clipper Denver series man with the game on the line a 12-2 run from the Clippers a big block from Kawhi Leonard uh, the Clippers dominate the fourth quarter 29-19 the 12-2 run was the key to that and they come from behind in the fourth quarter and win 113 107. Playoff P, got to give it to Paul George, got to give it to Doc Rivers, whatever he said, get Paul G's head in the right place. And, uh, you know, whatever depression and anxiety and stress Paul George was battling, uh, he was 12 of 18 shooting. He was 5 of 7 from 3. He made all three of his free throws. He had 32 points. Yikes. And then a lot of the defensive stats were good on him. He, uh, he took a run at, uh, he didn't do the whole game, but he played uh, some stretches on Jamal Murray, and Jamal Murray was one of six when he was uh, being defended by Paul George. So he did a good job there defensively as well. And now the Clippers are up two games to one. So uh, that was the NBA. And then Dustin Johnson, uh, the Tour Championship. My gosh, Dustin Johnson. You know, it's it's not right that he can hit a, fa- a ball that far off the tee. You know, it's not. Uh, but when he starts making 30-foot putts, you know, you're not beating him. You're just not. Uh, Dustin Johnson, 21 under. He wins by three shots over Xander Shoffley and uh, Justin Thomas. So, Dustin Johnson, just looking awesome. Now, it's weird. This should be the end of the tour year, but two of the majors from this year were moved into the fall, so I'm all confused on player of the year. But Dustin Johnson's very impressive, and I know that for a fact. 
that was awesome. Uh, all right, well, we'll get to the rest of it coming up. The Yankees, man, they were the favorite in the American League. They've lost like 14 out of 19 games. They are struggling. They gave up a 10-run sixth inning uh, and lost to Toronto last night. Uh, the game was in Buffalo, Toronto's home away from home. And if you can have 10-run sixth innings, you're going to feel pretty comfortable there. Uh, but the Yankees really taking on water. I mean, it's just just dreadful, and everything's gone wrong. They're not hitting the way they were. They're not pitching the way they I think in this stretch here, they've had a stretch now where they're the team area is like five and a half. Ah, they're still over five hundred, but barely twenty-one and twenty. So uh, now it's a scuffle to get into the playoffs. I mean, they're giving they're giving teams like the Mariners and the Tigers and the Orioles hope. And those teams all have losing records, but the Yankees are only a game under, and they are sagging. It is just awful. Those four in a row and fourteen out of nineteen. Terrible. Tampa Bay now in first place, four and a half up on Toronto in the East. Crazy. All right, going to take a break here. When we come back, post-game interviews from BYU and Navy. The Cougars getting off to a great start, just annihilating, just annihilating the Naval Academy. 55-3 to the final. Yes, Steve Spurrier, the old ball coach, they hung, they hung half a hundred. And there was a second-half field goal. I mean, they didn't get the shot out. Officially, they didn't. But, my gosh, the defense should feel good about the way they played. All right. Post-game interviews coming up. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for post-game interviews as BYU annihilates the Naval Academy, uh, running for over 300 yards, over 500 yards of total offense, a 55-3 blowout. Uh, Dallin Morris... Uh, Got swapped out at halftime, the starting quarterback, the senior. They weren't moving the ball, so they switched quarterbacks. It didn't really matter. Uh, BYU's defensive line was thoroughly in charge. Here is Morris, the starting QB. Well, Dalen, I mean, just talk about the offense. You, uh, you know, I know the, the line wasn't getting much movement up front, but you just weren't able to get anything going and couldn't pick up first downs. Just what's your thoughts on how the offense performed, Dalen? That's tough. Uh, that, was, that was a. That was a tough game to be a part of. Like, pretty sure it's a tough game to watch as well. But it just comes down to execu- execution. Uh, didn't execute in the first half. Uh, whether had forever back there in the pocket or not, got to execute. And at the end of the day, I didn't do that. How would you grade yourself? Were you nervous? Like you maybe did? Did you feel you played as well as you could considering the circumstances or? Are you disappointed? Um, Grade wise, I, I say it's an F. Um, didn't didn't execute well at all, and the offense relies on me. Uh, it starts with me, ends with me, and I think it showed today that if you don't execute, you can't win games. I'll ask Alan, where do you go from here? How do you how do you improve offensively? How do you get this team? Back to doing what your what Navy offense is all about. 
You go back to the drawing board. You put the hard hat back on and you go to work. As simple as that. All right, there's the Navy quarterback. Now here's the linebacker, Cameron Kinley, on what went wrong as BYU ran the ball at will. Here's Cameron Kinley. Well, Cam, I mean, obviously they were a very physical team. Their offensive line dominated up front. Uh, just kind of tell me the disappointment from the defensive standpoint as far as getting pushed off the ball. Um, yeah, I mean, we just got to play better. Uh, there's no excuse for it. Um, I heard Coach talking about us not getting a chance to hit, but I mean, a lot of us have been playing football for 15, 10 years, whatever. Uh, it's just not us. That's not our identity. Uh, we got to be more physical up front. Uh, we got to be more physical on the back end, just across the board. It wasn't Navy football defense that we showed last year. So we'll come back better. Uh, just got to learn from it. Well, Cam, I'll ask another one real quick. I mean, Coach is talking about perhaps changing the way you practice so that you do get more pad ready. Is that something you would favor? Uh, definitely. I mean, I'm definitely in favor of that. Um, I mean, because Nehemiah, his priority was keeping us safe. And obviously, that's been evident. Uh, no positive cases, you know. So I definitely took my hat off to him for that. But I'm definitely open to getting some more um, physical practice is going. As you saw, I mean, BYU, they were they came to play. Um, their running backs were running downhill. We were getting pushed off the ball, um, missed a lot of tackles. So we're definitely um, open to getting more opportunities to tackle in practice so that doesn't happen in the future. It's all about learning from this and improving and not letting it um, come over next week or whatever, next game against Tulane. Kareem Copeland. Hey, Cam. Um, just curious, what was the environment like out there with no fans and, and just everything, the whole setup of it? What did it feel like out there? Uh, I mean, to be honest, when you get on the field, you don't really think about it. You kind of get zoned in on everything that's going on. Um, honestly, I don't think a crowd can be like that. <laughs> the crowd wouldn't have helped at all, to be honest. Uh, we got to find that energy from within. But, I mean, we had some crowd noise playing, so it was a little different. It was weird seeing empty stands. Felt like a, a scrimmage, I guess you could say. But, I mean, it didn't have any impact on the game and how we played. Uh, that was just all on us. All right, there are the Navy players. Now here's the head coach, Ken Niamatololo. Well, that's a – that game was 1,000% my fault. Uh, obviously, we weren't prepared. One team was prepared very well. BYU played great. Kalani had them well prepared. Obviously, we weren't. Uh, one team was playing football. We were kind of um, – well, we looked like that was our first live game. And unfortunately, you know, normally uh, your live stuff is against yourselves. But there's nobody to blame but myself. I mean, we knew that. I uh, I erred on the side of trying to keep our guys safe with COVID-19 and – contact tracing stuff, but um, we weren't ready to play. Obviously, it's the worst Navy football game we've ever played, but we weren't prepared, and it was my fault because I, I, I chose to block bags and tackle donuts. Obviously, BYU's got good players, but um, it's it's all my fault. And it's like I told our guys, they didn't lose the game. I, I didn't have us prepared. And I made a decision to on the safety side of it, and, and it shows we weren't ready to play. I mean, we've been coaching a long time. I would say that's we've never seen a Navy football team play like that, but we weren't prepared because I didn't have us prepared, and that's the bottom line. Uh, go ahead, Kareem Copeland. 
And obviously, um, going off of everything that you just said, how do you adjust moving forward? Will you alter your practices or do you, will you still be as safe as you have been? We got to do something. I mean, I got to talk to the doctors and see what we can do and what we're allowed to do. But it's, I mean, obviously it's hard to, it's hard to tackle dummies and block guys and try to play somebody live. So, I mean, we'll see. I mean, we got to try to improve, but um, it's a good question, Cream. But we'll see. We'll take a look at how we can get better at that. Kenny, how much of that do you attribute to not going live? I mean, do you think that explains everything? It's 1,000%. I mean, you've seen us play a lot. Do you ever see us play like that before? No, I mean, sir. No, we've, it's 1,000%. I mean, and I just knew early. I mean, you you hope that it doesn't turn out like that, Wags, but, you know, we, we talked a lot in the staff meetings, and there was a lot of concern, like, are we going to be ready? Um, you know, from from both coordinators and a lot of coaches, and and I, I heard them, and they were legitimate concerns. Um, you know, what I mean, like I said, I mean, the last time we tackled anybody was the bowl game. I mean, that's nine months ago, and we didn't have spring ball. You know, we've been in quarantine and different things here at the academy. Um, but like I said, I mean, we chose to go that way, but obviously we, we weren't ready to play. And again, that's 1,000% my fault. Anybody else have a question? Please use the chat. Go ahead, Glenn. Hey, Coach, could you explain a little bit more about that decision and between you and the doctors, how it came about that ultimately you wouldn't go live? Well, just the contract tracing, like some of the people that we talked to, just uh, just going face-to-face contact, you know, um, what constitutes contact tracing, you know, so we didn't, you know, we were blocking bags. So we asked a lot of questions. So how do you do that? How do you block people? And, you know, say, so you, can you put bags and can you wear masks and stuff? And, you know, so it was a lot of conversation with, you know, our doctors, um, people from our conference, but ultimately I made the decision. I'm not going to blame it, but it just, with the information that was given me, I made that decision to practice that way. And obviously it killed us. I mean, it killed us. I mean, it's, that's never seen a Navy football team play like that. We weren't ready. I mean, like I said, we, you think about no spring ball, nothing. Then our first live deal is there and you're hoping that you can play a little bit better, but the way we played I mean, what, why would I think anything differently? That was just a bad decision. But I also think this way, if I'm always gonna I'm always gonna err on the side of protecting my players. And you know, we've been relatively no positives. So um, you know, I'd rather keep them safe, but obviously it's hard to get a football team ready that way. Uh, Dave Ginsburg. <laughs> Coach, uh, what did you think of the atmosphere? No fans, no brigade. Uh, did you find it difficult or unusual at the very least? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, but it's, I mean, we've, we've never been in a stadium like this. But these guys BYU. So, um, yeah, obviously, like the fans in here, but the, I'm not going to take away from BYU's when they got after us. 
And a big part of it is we weren't ready. They were prepared and we weren't. And the reason we weren't prepared is the way I prepared our team. That's the bottom line. And so I, there's nobody to blame but myself. I'm not going to point the finger at the fans, the brigade, or any of that. Just pointed myself. I made a decision to err on the side of caution. And I'm grateful for that because we're safe and all healthy. But obviously, football-wise, we weren't ready. Matt, yeah, Coach, um, I wondering if you're positive you can take away from this game. Sorry. Go ahead, Matt. Again. Sorry about that. Yeah, Coach, um, just wondering if there was anything, a lot of people, uh, positive you can take away from this game. No. <laughs> Kind of bust with. I mean, we've been playing there a long time. We've never lost like that. And as soon as the first couple of series went, like, I mean, I've been doing this a long time. I just knew we weren't ready. You know what I mean? Just, and they were ready. They were pad ready. We weren't. And like I said, I, I, I knew that. I mean, I knew what I was doing. I mean, like I said, nobody told me uh, that we had to practice that way. There were just things that they said. These are some things to keep your players safe. And I erred on that side. And from football, you know, it's different than basketball and stuff like that. You got to be pad ready. And we weren't, and they were, I mean, very physical team. And we weren't ready. I mean, that looked like our first live scrimmage and it looked like they've been preparing, you know what I mean? But that's not their fault. That's not BYU's fault. That's my fault. I mean, so I'm not going to take anything away from them. Wags. Go ahead, Wags. Kenny, would it be to really evaluate Dylan or really any other skill position players based off the fact you couldn't get any movement up front? No, I just, I mean, yeah, we, we, didn't, we didn't play very well. They played well. They were prepared. We weren't prepared, like I said, because of the way I prepared our team. And um, it's disheartening. I mean, like I so said, we've been playing there a long time. I've never got beat that bad. But they played well and they were ready. You know what I mean? I, you know, we just got to regroup and kind of look, kind of Kareem's question. We just got to see kind of how how can we practice, you know what I mean? And go back to some normalcy that we'll be allowed to and, and how we'll do all of that stuff. So but we'll talk with the trainers or doctors and try to figure all that out. But with regard to Dalen, I mean, you went to Perry in the second half. It's, there's really no way to evaluate the quarterbacks is, is what I was saying. Yeah, no, I mean, we play so bad on both sides. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I got to look at the tape, Wags, you know what I mean? Just we didn't play very well, but I got to look at the – All right, there's Navy head coach Ken Niamatololo on the BYU-Navy game. What did the Cougars think? We'll hear from Kalani Sataki, and we will hear from the Cougar players next. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. 
Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. What a game for BYU. The BYU football team just crushed Navy. Total domination right from the start. And they are up 14-0 in the first quarter, and you could already feel it. Uh, Reese Davis was calling the game for ESPN, and he was all ready to go over BYU's schedule. And they got Army in Houston, but look at these games. I mean, this is what they have, but this is what they have now. And they had to be able to, yeah, I mean, he was just, he, basically he said, ain't no, baby. Uh, and, and, you know, it's, Kirk Herbstreit tried to wave him off. Well, you know, it's early, and uh, there's still a lot of time left in this game, but they sure look good. And man, by the time they were done with that conversation, BYU was down the field, and it was 21 nothing, and it was over. I don't, I don't know if you were buying that it was over at 14 nothing or 21 nothing, but it was completely clear to everybody in the second quarter, 21 nothing that this thing was done. BYU was moving the ball behind that offensive line. They were running it well. It did not matter who the running back was. They were running the ball because the offensive line surged. They were getting downfield. And when the old line is three, four, five yards downfield as a running back, you're in good shape. There were some huge holes to run through. Um, Algier ended up 14 carries for 132 yards. Uh, Katoa was 10 for 80. McChesney came on in the second half, reprising his UMass role in this 200-yard game, which they mentioned there uh, during the broadcast. He was 11 for 56. I mean, it just, it just didn't matter. When the line's that good, everybody's making plays everybody and BYU 14 points in the first quarter 17 in the second 17 in the third they took the foot off the gas after that they win 55 to 3 so with everything that happened in this game and uh, you know they 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 ran for uh, 301 yards and they threw for 279 yards, 580 yards of total offense. It was an awesome performance. Tristan Hodge speaking on behalf of the offensive line. Tristan, how proud are you of the way the offensive line controlled the game today? Um, extremely proud. That's number one. Seeing, seeing this, you know, it's kind of come full circle for us, you know, coming from the offseason, seeing all the work everyone's done and to see everyone execute. And, you know, that's the number one thing we said. We're going we're gonna to come out here. We know our game plan. We're going to execute. And if we do it, then, you know, this will this would be the result. And I'm proud of every one of these guys. I know they didn't back down an inch. The foot was always on the gas. And I'm, I'm proud of every single one of these guys. Tristan, how would you describe your experience playing in an empty stadium and, and this environment tonight? What was it like for you? You know, initially, it was pretty surreal. Um, you get to walk out, it kind of hits you like, wow, yeah, this is this is for real. You know, pregame, you're like, wow, there's no fans, there's no cheering. Um, and then that first drive, um, when you're when you're running out, you're like, okay, there's no cheering, there's no nothing, there's no fans, it's pretty quiet. Uh, but after that first drive, it, it really subsides, and you realize that at the end of the day, even despite crowd noise, it's just you and the boys out there, um, and that's really what you're focused on. So, I mean, after that, I, it really didn't um, didn't notice it actually. You guys rushed for over 300 yards against a team that routinely goes over 300 yards, speaking of the Naval Academy. How uh, did the game plan for you guys going into this game differ from previous game plans, if at all? I'm on, you know, the, we've always liked to put things on the offensive lines back, but this more than, than most has been, you know what, we're going to, we're going to run our plays the way the offensive line goes. If the offensive line does their jobs, then we're going to rush, you know, forever. And we have good protection, then our quarterback's going to throw forever. And that's the, that's the thing we did. We put it on the offensive line um, and said, you know, the game goes as you guys go. Um, that being said, we had a lot of great plays made by our backfield and our receivers tonight. And I mean, I'm proud of every single one of those guys on the field tonight. I also wanted to ask you about your compatriot at guard, Clark Barrington. On those first two touchdown runs, it looks like he had the block that kind of sprung uh, both of the backs for the touchdowns. What has he been doing in fall camp that has really kind of elevated his game? 
the number one thing, you know, he's always doing his job. And that's number one. He, you know, he he makes makes a low amount of MAs, make sure he does his job. He's He has the knowledge to go with that. You know, I'm, I'm really um, excited to see where he goes this season because I know he's making huge strides as a player. But that being said, you know, that's that's the one thing. It, it always takes one, and Coach Mateo stresses that all the time. Says, we have 5-0 linemen, but, you know, sometimes it'll just be that one little block, that one little thing that puts a linebacker, you know, in a different position than he was in that's going to spring a huge play for us. And, you know, as you can see from his performance, that's, that's how it is. There's Tristan Hodge talking about the offensive line. And, of course, Lapini Katoa uh, got to run behind that line. Ten carries, 80 yards, two touchdowns. Here's Lapini Katoa. What specifically worked in the early going for this offense to really pick up so much momentum, in your opinion? Um, I have a biased opinion as a running back, but I just feel like if you can get the running game going, then everything else opens up. And so just the lanes that the O-line was opening up for us um, to run the ball through was was amazing. Like we could run wherever we wanted, really. So I think big credit to the O-line. They just opened the game up for us. And just to follow up, uh, what do you feel about the, t- the tandem you and Tyler now have created this one-two punch in that backfield? Do you feel like this can carry on going on the rest of the season? Absolutely. I, I've always like, – we've talked about it. It's not, like, a surprise to us two because we just, like, we knew what was coming. Um, I always knew what Tyler could do. And just to see him uh, show on the field today, I was, I was so happy for him. And just to be able to, to run with him, it's, it's great. You guys know how good you can be. But over, you know, the, the, over the last years or whatever, you know, a lot of times it hasn't all come together like it did tonight. What was it like to be a part of a performance that was just so good in so many different ways? It was it was a really good feeling. Like you said, like uh, we put in the work every year since I've been here. We've, we've worked our butts off and just to, you know, you don't always see your hard work pay off um, like like you want it to. And so just today to see it all come together on really in, in every phase of the game as a whole team, we just we played how we could and, and what we worked for, really. Last thing, Beanie, just as a follow-up, what, what message do you feel like this team sent to everybody who was watching you just dismantle a good, you know, a Navy team that's known for being really good? i just say I, I think it just shows our preparation that we've put in through the, through the you know, the uncertainty, the – we didn't know if we're playing. Our schedule got flipped around. Like, that didn't slow us down at all. Um, we just worked through adversity. And uh, big credit to our coaches and our administration for just working their butts off to give us these games. And so I think just, just like our hard work pays off, and it showed on the field today. The fly sweep was something that Coach Grimes used early on in his tenure here at BYU. It seemed like last year you guys went away from it. What led you guys bringing that back into the offense this year? Um, just uh, – you know, we love to have that, that deception, you know, just the splitting our um, half of the offense going one way, the other half going another way. It, it gives problems to defenses. So we've been working on it. And, uh, um, yeah, just we've had success with it in camp. And so um, anything that works, you know, you go with it. So, uh, yeah, so it was really successful for us. There's Lapini Katoa. All right, enough of the offense. Let's talk about the defense. Uh, you know, everybody wondered, will Navy's uh, option attack, will it befuddle BYU? Not at all. Not at all. BYU had had the line of scrimmage completely under control. Uh, Navy finishes with 39 carries for 119 yards, three yards a pop. That is uh, great work by the defense. Kai, it starts with Kairos Tong in the middle. Here he is after the game. If you can just sort of talk to us about the difference in emotion from both sidelines, it seems like maybe at some point just started falling flat, but you guys just keep 
kept your spirits up and just really were pushing through to the end. Yeah, we knew uh we knew Navy coming in was a, a great offense, great defense, just a great overall team. And so we knew we couldn't let up at, at any point. So when we when we came into halftime, we just told we've been there before just to uh to score zero zero and just continue to play ball and uh fortunately we uh we did all of that. We we were flying around and just having fun. Paris, I wanted to uh, ask you, in terms of what you guys went with this scheme, how different of a game plan was it for you personally going against the option tonight than it has been in your previous experience playing for the Cougars? Yeah, there's a very disciplined play. Uh, It it was a matter of uh, stepping the right way and uh, being able to just be really sound on on the Uh, D-line. This team cuts a lot. Uh, we, We don't really get those a lot, so we were able to to use our hands more and just continue to just try to beat Dominic up front. We were able to to show that today. So, yeah, Kairos, uh, Kalani said that the offensive front kind of kicked you guys in the rear end to start fall camp. How big was that for you guys? And and maybe performing like you did did tonight, and maybe stepping up your game. I don't know about kicking our butts. But, uh, uh, the, the offense, uh, they're just great. They always give us good looks, but especially our, our scout O and our scout D. Uh, without them, this I don't think this win's possible. They gave us their, uh, their all. They sacrificed, and they gave us nothing but great looks. So we're grateful for them and their willingness to uh, to come out and just uh, to give all to the team. So. Hey, Jay, Drew, we'll take you your last question. Iris, is there a specific defensive coach that kind of took the lead on game planning for the option? Uh, did like Tuiaki or someone else kind of step up and and lead the charge that way? No, there's everybody was just it was it was all the coaches collectively just being able to to help um, from the the corners coach to the D line coach to Kalani. Uh, everybody was. Uh, Everybody had uh, got to chime in, and we were able to learn. Especially with this offense, it was new to to mainly all of us. Uh, so we took it as a learning opportunity to to grow from it, learn from our mistakes during practice. And it was it was just really good as a, as a team in the whole. There's defensive lineman Kyrus Tonga, and to be a linebacker and play behind that D line and get to make those plays, that had to feel pretty good. Pepe Tonavasa, right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. His post game thoughts. Pepe, just walk us through uh, kind of some of your emotions being back here and, and what kind of, uh, what got into you tonight, I guess. Um, it was very, it was hard to put into words as I, as we drove up the stadium, as we overtaken the highway, um, lots of memories were coming back, uh, great memories of playing here and just the love of the team and the excitement of, of getting to play them again. And so, that was really what was going through my mind. Um, I knew that there was there's no there's no hard feelings between you know my old teammates on Navy, uh, but I knew that they wanted to, you know, they were going to play hard, and so I knew that I had to match that same energy. And you know, luckily we, I had a great defensive line, and a great defensive backs behind me. So and a great partner in Keenan Peely, um, and so with that support, it was it felt really amazing. Pepe, I'm just kind of curious, how instrumental do you feel you were in, you know, helping execute this successful defense against a triple option that usually has success against pretty much anyone? Um, I wouldn't say I was was super instrumental. I know that the coaches had a really good game plan going into the game. And so we were confident in who we had on the field uh, that, you know, whatever they threw at us, we were going to rally to. And so playing behind guys like like Kyrus, um, you know, makes it easy. 
And so that was, I feel like anyone could have done what I did. Pepe, I wanted to ask this game, you know how capable Navy is of being successful and you guys really dominated on both sides. How much of that do you view just the fact that you're part of a really good BYU team and how much was maybe the fact that Navy just wasn't on their game tonight because you've seen both sides of the, the that equation? You know, that's a, that's a hard question to answer um, because I know how good Navy is, like you said. Um, you know, I think it was a little bit of both. I know that the Navy had a lot of restrictions from the academy as far as their practice. And so, um, you know, we just had a really good game plan, like I said, and I felt like, you know, we just, we played our A game. And so we had, you know, the fortunate, the fortune of coming out on top. And I attribute that to all the coaches and to the players on the field for playing their hearts out and coming out with the W. All right, there are the Cougar players. Now here's the head coach, Kalani Sataki. Yeah, sure. Just um, happy with the win, you know, and then really um, just pleased with the leadership on this team. So I, uh, I told the guys I was going to um, let loose and have fun tonight, and I, I wanted to see them. You know, all the coaching took place already, so I wanted to see them lead and, and take over this game, and they did. And so uh, it was an awesome sight to see as a head coach, and there's some things that we can get better and do and improve on, but I love the fact that we had a lot of players get in the game and, and – uh, and, uh, Against a good physical team like Navy, I, I felt like you know we challenged our team to be physical, and so I, I'm glad that it showed up. And you know, I think Navy will do some good things this year. But you know, our guys they played out of their minds tonight, and, and um, it was just a great sight to see for a head coach. Okay, we'll take questions from Jay Drew and Mitch Harper. Kalani, just did you see this coming? This defensive performance that you would just totally stonewall those guys. Uh, did you kind of have an inkling that this would come? I knew we had some physical guys up front, and I knew that Coach Siaki was going to have this defense ready to play. You know, and and, uh, and you look at the, the 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 guys that we have that that are ready to play. Um, it's a it's an experienced group and a lot of veterans, and so this wasn't like a, a new game for them. But a lot of guys that are, although the scheme was different, and we had to do a, a few different things by defending the option. We're going to rely on the fundamentals of the game to help us win. We're going to have to be physical up front. We're going to have to tackle well. We're going to have to um, block well on offense. And, and when it, I, I challenge our team to be great fundamental players t- tonight, and it worked out. You know, the all the camp, the guys are doing exactly what our offense was doing this all camp long, and and it made our defense better. And our defense was able to respond. And and that this is a good, great sight to see. One game. Uh, got to build on it, get better from it. But I'm glad that we have a lot of guys, that even young young kids and newcomers come in and get some valuable reps. He was asking uh, if this helped establish an identity for your program, Kalani. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if you can define everything from one game. I, I don't like to be defined by one game from the previous four, four years as, as a head coach. And so I'd, I'd just like to build on this, you know, and, I'm glad that we came out of this game mostly healthy. We have some guys that are nicked up a little bit, but um, these guys worked really hard. I'm just proud of them. I'm proud of the leaders on our team. Proud of, proud of Matt Bushman, things that he did as a leader for our team to get us to this point. Kyrus Tonga, all the seniors on our team. Um, and, and, you know, they, they responded well, man. I, I was really proud of them, but this is – <laughs> the players made it happen. I'm just proud of them. They they did exactly what I wanted them to do, and 
they're starting to own own the team and own the program, and I'm I'm really proud of them. In the first quarter, you got a couple touchdowns, and then there was that interception, and that was a moment in the game where you know maybe Navy gets some momentum. How big was it the way the defense stood tall in that moment, shut them down, forced another punt, and just kind of kept the momentum on your side? Well, we talked about it specifically that that um, we were going to be aggressive and try to get early lead on on as a team. We we this was a team win. We we uh, we discussed the game plan with everyone, you know, and, and talked about all three phases, what we're going to try to get done, and and we told. Uh, uh, the defense said, hey, we're going to try to do some things and, and, and be a little risky, and you're going to have to respond if there's a mistake. And they did, you know. And uh, I think um, allowing the players to have uh, uh, feedback and a voice in the game plan pays off because they execute the way they did tonight. And the defense respond, response was awesome. Um, I was really pleased with the way they tackled all night. I mean, I. Uh, Navy made made some, made some of us miss, but the way our guys ran to the ball, that, that was that was exactly what we needed. We need that a phenomenal effort from everyone, and offensively, the same thing. Uh, special teams, we played great, and so great team win. Just just uh, I didn't do anything. I was a head coach. I just sat there and took a couple timeouts and declined the penalty or, or accepted it. I don't know. Just like just talked to the refs a little bit. And more than anything, I was just excited to just cheer the boys on. They had so much fun and. A lot. Of, I mean, the credit goes to the players and their leadership, and, and I'm just proud of them. <laughs> Kalani, as dominant as the offense was, the, uh, the defense was and sent the tone, the offensive line seemed to really take the lead and pr- procure 300 yards rushing. How good were they tonight? And did you see that performance coming from them? Well, they've been doing that all camp. And, and, and you know, we were a little concerned because when we started playing our live work, they took it to our defense. And, 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 um, that was a little shocking because usually the defense is further ahead in, in scrimmages early on in camp, and uh, the defense had to respond. They had to quickly get back on it, and and it, they, you had this great battle of physical football on both sides, um, the line of scrimmage especially, and, and they're really close. Kyrus and, 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 and the boys with, with the, that old line, <laughs> it's a lot of heavy, heavy bodies and a lot of big bodies in there, so it's a, it's a clash every time, and, and I'm just – I'm glad that that uh, they were able to make each other better, you know. And and um, but you know, our, our D line, I was proud of the way they played. I, and and I'm just gonna tell you, our coaches worked extremely hard. I was so so happy for them. And Coach Tuyaki and, and and Ed Lamb and the rest of the defensive staff did an amazing job. But so did so did uh, the special teams. So did so did Grimey and A Rod and the offensive coaches. That they, they they had a great game plan. And uh, let's keep this thing rolling. Let's, let's let's build off of this. We got some time now to get ready for Army, and I look forward to our offense and our defense and special teams performing like this in a consistent level. Kalani, I wanted to ask you, in terms of that three-man front you guys went with tonight, was that a specific thing you guys put in for defending the option, or is that going to be an option for you guys on, on the defense going forward as well? Well, you saw our our, um, our defensive um, depth chart. I think you guys are kind of scoffed at it a little bit because there's 15 guys on there, but we're going to utilize a bunch of different personnel sets, and and uh, we'll have to come with some things, some new things against Army as well because they've got the film now, you know. So we're going to have to find some new ways and find different different ways and research it a little bit the best way to defend them. They're a little bit different than 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 Navy, but uh, has some some similarities as well, but. Um, we can utilize so many different groups. And, and there we have safeties that can play backer, backers that can play D-end, D-ends that can play D-tackle, nose guards that Kyrus would like to play D-end, but I think he's fine right where he's at. 
but you know we, we saw Caden Hawes and 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 um, you know a bunch of new guys to the position and some young freshmen. You know Seleti Fevaliaki did great job. And Gabe Gabe Summers. I'm going to leave some guys out, but the, the starting Zach Dahl and, and Alden Tuff, all those guys did a great job. I, I just man, they're so physical. That made that made me so happy. I was just and to see it on both sides of the line of scrimmage. Uh, man, that, I can't wait to watch this film and I can't wait to build off of this. Hey, Coach, but what can you tell us about what you saw from the quarterback position? Just walk us through what you saw from Seth Wilson and then your decision and as to when you wanted to bring in Romney and then Soljay and why Jaron wasn't available. Um, Jaron's not, not 100% yet. And so um, we're, we're, we had to still slow down. He wasn't dressed, you know, and um, we, we have we, we have uh, a Soljay that's there and, and we have a good number of quarterbacks, you know. Um, Jacob Conover's now with the group. And so, um, you know, I thought Zach did, did a great job, and I thought um, Baylor did a great job. You know, they're they're. I had to look at it on film again, but I was I was talking to the defense when the interception happened, so I didn't get to see it all. But from what I was told, um, Neil kind of slipped or, or fell on his route or something like that, and and <laughs> yeah, tripped or something like that. But it's okay. We, we will have the. We'll have our, our defense have to respond, and I'm just glad they made the tackle so we can get on the field and get a stop. You know, but these guys, uh, that was our game plan. We we're going to try to do some things and throw the ball downfield a little bit. I think we started like that early. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll have to devise a, a game plan for the team to execute uh, against Army. But uh, I love the fact that the players are all on board with this game plan and they had a lot of feedback and a lot of say in it. And uh, we have a really good collaboration with our coaches and our players right now. And the lead, leaders, uh, you know, having this expectation of the young guys. I mean, that that was awesome. I just... I got to watch the film. I'm so excited to watch it. Okay, we'll take one more question from Jared. I can hang out with you guys all night, man. That was fun. <laughs> Connie, I did want to ask about the atmosphere because, you know, it, it, you knew going in it was going to be somewhat different scrimmage, you know, with the empty stadium. But at the same time, it was playing football after all the uncertainty. So you touched on it a little bit, but talk about your emotions and the experience just overall. Well, you know, I, I think um, – because there's no fans here, and, and normally when we're on even away games, we have a good presence of, of, of visitor. You know, when we're on visiting, we have players from, I mean, coach, uh, fans from all over the country show up. And so the fact that they weren't here, you know, what was really um, exciting is seeing the fans outside of the stadium as we drove in on our buses, showing support, even though they knew they couldn't come in. There's a good number of them. And I just want to let the, I want them to know how much we love and appreciate them doing that. Um means a lot to these players but we knew that we would have to have a lot of passion excitement but that's nothing that i try to generate that's that's something that these guys have they have this attitude i've mentioned to you guys that <laughs> their attitude of appreciation and just gratitude to be here you know we we they feel really fortunate to play this game and they they showed it they, they showed it that the they missed the little things and during this pandemic there's always these, the, the few the little things details that you miss and I think they love being around each other and um, they value it now and, and, and really want to sh make sure that we show our best every time and, and, and honor the 60 minutes that we're given to play in this game. There's BYU head coach Kalani Sataki. When we come back, what is trending? All the headlines. Stay with us.